Greetings, podcast listeners. Welcome back. This is your host, Indra, with Aikido Talks. We return today to Morihei Ueshiba's Budo, Teachings of the Founder of Aikido. We're going to go in deep, and uh, this is uh, taking from where we left off from last episode, um, where we did a little bit from the beginning of Teachings of the Path and a method. So today we're going to continue with the essence of technique. So this book, it goes into, this is a lovely book by, uh, let's see, Kodansha Publishers. And it's a small book, but it's it's packed because it has O Sensei's older pictures, um, you know, of his techniques and a little bit of the descriptions. But this is, uh, I think this is a must in every Aikidoist's library, for sure. Okay, here we go with the essence of technique. Number one, the principle of adjusting mind and body. The appearance of an enemy should be thought of as an opportunity to test the sincerity of one's mental and physical training, to see if one is actually responding according to the divine will. When facing the realm of life and death in the form of an enemy's sword, one must be firmly settled in mind and body, and not at all intimidated. Without providing your opponent the slightest opening, control his mind in a flash, and move where you will, straight, diagonally, or in any other appropriate direction. Enter deeply, mentally as well as physically, transform your entire body, into a true sword and vanquish your foe. This is Yamato Damashi, the principle behind the divine sword that manifests the soul of our nation. In essence, the sword is the soul of a warrior and a manifestation of the true nature of the universe. Thus, when you draw a sword, you are holding your soul in your hands. Know that when two warriors face each other with swords, the body and soul of each individual is illuminated as they come together in a world that needs to be rid of falsehood and evil. An enemy that appears along the great path of divinely inspired swordmanship enables a warrior to activate universal principles and thus serves as an aid to the harmonization of all elements of heaven and earth, body and soul, glories that endure forever. Our enlightened ancestors developed true Budo based on humanity, love, and sincerity. Its heart consists of sincere bravery, sincere wisdom, sincere love, and sincere empathy. These four spiritual virtues should be incorporated in the single sword of diligent training. Constantly forge the spirit and body and let the brilliance of the transforming sword permeate your entire being. Sports are widely practiced nowadays and they are good for physical exercise. Warriors too train the body but they also use the body as a vehicle to train the mind. 
calm the spirit and find goodness and beauty, dimensions that sports lack. Training in Budo fosters valor, sincerity, fidelity, goodness, and beauty, as well as making the body strong and healthy. The path is exceedingly vast. From ancient times to the present, even the greatest sages were unable to perceive and comprehend the entire truth. The explanations and teachings of masters and saints only express part of the whole. It is not possible for anyone to speak of such things in their entirety. Just head for the light and heat learn from the gods. And through the virtue of devoted practice, become one with the divine. Seek enlightenment along this edge. And with that, we'll be right back. And we're back. This is such a great reminder of the detail in the difference between Budo and sportsmanship. Um, Osensei mentions here that the sportsmanship lacks the, the deeper component of polishing the, the, the mind-body connection, the spiritual connection, um, especially in your times of competition because it sort of takes you outside of yourself in a sense. This is my thought or my take on the circumstances, which is a, a prime reason why Aikido does not have tournaments, you know, and comparisons and that type of stress because the warrior, according to this excerpt, is really developing a deeper beauty within themselves, um, which is what drew me in the first place to Aikido because having done other martial arts, and this is not a slam on martial arts by any means at all. Um, I love, if I could do all martial arts, I'd be super happy. <laughs> but it, this really shows, <clears throat> excuse me, it really shows um, the beauty and the vastness of all the things we have at our fingertips as human beings. And... Um, you, it's important to take care of this vessel that we have. We only have one body and uh, taking good care and attention as you would any tool, right? Any weapon that you have, any tool that serves you, you take good care of it so that it will last a long time. And then when you no longer need it or it no longer can serve, you you give it thanks. You you have gratitude for all that service that has been done and you pass it on so that it can be so something new can come in its place that may serve you to finish your journey to complete your journey or to continue your journey and whatever that is um, or perhaps that tool can be given to someone or it's shown or shared in the various type of ways I remember um when I start speaking of tools, when I started Aikido, I was so fascinated by weapons. And I said, like, "Oh, I love that!" You know, and in my first school, and um, it was done with such beauty that I saw 
from the demonstration, the art in the martial arts, and um, which drew me closer to it because it was deeper than, oh, I'm going to compete. No, it was really about competing with self because once I put my foot on the mat in the very first week, I remember how tired I got. <laughs> I almost passed out with my training because I was so um, I was so enthused to get it right and to dive deep and that oh I can do this and this looks easy enough but when you're in the vortex so to speak you start to feel the energy um, surrounding you and the small details and it's amazing it's incredible and even as an instructor uh you start to experience that again, or at least I do. I experience that when I describe things to students. And sometimes I stop myself. I say, ooh, I have, there's so many other details that are flooding in my mind to express. And um, it's like uh, the universe is working around you. A lot of deep talk, right? But um, this same thing, the same principle can be applied in anything you do in the world. Um, to your job, you know, or to your, your purpose, you know, to your daily life. Um, but going back to the weapon, um, as I talked about, as I was about to say, was I remember in the beginning, I was like, oh, I would love to take weapons class. And so um, it was a very, it was, it was done in such a way that I had to wait. It was like a waiting time period before you could take any weapons class. So after six months, you could, you had to wait, you know, because the teacher has to see that you're able to have the maturity and a control of your own motor skills and your body and awareness because uh, it's easy to hurt yourself or someone else, of course. And so after the six months, um, I took the, there were two levels, you know, the first level and, um, and made it my business to go to those classes so that I could move to the second level of classes. And it was imperative that I was consistent with it because if I didn't, then I wouldn't move to the second level um, in this moment of time. And um, I immediately bought my own Boken and uh, was it White Oak? And it was such a, a thrilling experience to, to hold the tool in my hand and to learn about it and then to immediately thereafter take seminars so that I could understand, you know, the deeper meanings behind it, that it's not just me swinging something, but it's learning the details of it because it was taken so seriously. And, and because of that, um, just by the smell of the wood or just the feel of this tool and um, getting the, the bag to carry it, as well as the Joe, which I eventually got as well. Um, it was a profound experience that I could actually see the difference, or I could see the connection between the open hand techniques and the weaponry. So it was such a beautiful plus to do it. And... Um, you know, thinking about this, about taking care of oneself. So going back to taking care of oneself so that we can actually get further, deeper into who we are as human beings um, and 
transcending, like going and connecting with the universal principles, um, we first have to do the foundation work all the time. And another beauty of Aikido is that it really emphasizes that to keep the foundation clear. Every time you go to class, you may go to a different instructor, but there are foundational principles built in every single class that people must do um, and to remind ourselves and to remind our bodies in the training. Um, I love how it's expressed in, in the text about the sword is your soul. And so, you know, every time when I hear someone who does something um, bad, you know, and, you know, using something to harm others or what have you, it's a hasty proposition to take something and to attack or assault to get something. You know, it really shows a haste. It really shows a disconnect and um, uh, what would you call it? I guess a lack of understanding. There's so many ways to describe that particular thing when something happens that it, just because you have a tool in your hand, it's just as much as having a piece of paper in your hand to say, oh, well, I'm powerful, but really, you know, in what way, how, what's your intention behind the tool? And I've been told more than once that any tool that you have in your hand or a weapon is an extension of yourself, and that's all it is. Um, not to get on a rant about that, but um, it really goes back to who you are, your intention, and how well you are keeping up with yourself and, and polishing your tools so that you can go into spirit. Um, it's such a beautiful thing. So thank you for listening to this episode of Aikido Talks. If, if you're ever able to get this book, I highly recommend it. It's also a great book for a gift to give someone um, with these principles. You know, I would say it's an easy read. It's profound. It's a profound, easy read to me. And, you know, there are pictures of, of O Sensei, which is quite valuable to see with explanations aligned with them. But yeah, um, how wonderful, you know, to keep it going and that life is meant to to grow and I think, you know, to fulfill our purpose here, um, whatever we're doing. But then each time you repeat something, uh, you might see a different perspective of it. And especially as we are always changing um, we're always getting older, another year, a minute is not the same minute as just the last minute, uh, not in the exact same way. It's, to me, it, it reminds me of like each time period is like a fingerprint, like something, it's, it's very different from the last time, which also gives flavor. Oh, and I, I'm going to add this too, before we close for this episode, um, perhaps uh, a bit of homework could be if you don't practice Aikido, and I'm going to urge everyone to practice Aikido, to go to a hall, to look at a class demonstration, and to, you can always ease into it. You know, for beginners, it's such a wonderful way to slowly get in 
and uh, you know get to know the instructor. There are many dojos around to go to. And if you are a Udansha, you know, I I encourage you to open one with your sensei's permission. You know, if uh, if it is deemed that you can, you know, open one, please do so. Um, keep up the good, you know, the spread of Aikido uh, so that people have access to this wonderful art form. And if you don't have that option, then perhaps people can carpool and volunteer, which is something I experienced in my first year of Aikido, uh, which was in, invaluable, which was, okay, let's go to a seminar. And, oh, I don't know how to get there or I don't have a car. Well, I, you know, hey, I'll get a van and let's the group of us go. How many of us are going with no questions asked? That's one way to be a spiritual warrior is to really lend a hand to each of us and to make it accessible for everyone. You know, don't just say, oh, well, but, you know, just know that everyone should be going and everyone should be participating. Even if you're not practicing right away, perhaps you want to join in and help out one way, you know, with support. But eventually it's something that you want to partake in because it it fills your soul with happiness. It really does. And on that note, my dear podcast friends and listeners, Until next time.